New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Today, I'm hosting Jane Hirschfield, and she is the author of many books on poetry and essays, and her newest book is called Come Thief. Jane, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Wonderful to be here. I'm enjoying my latte. Oh, wonderful. Me too. Um <laughs> I want to start with a quote that you have used in previous talks. It's a Wallace Stevens quote. Poetry is the imagination pressing back against the pressure of reality on us. So can you say something about that quote? Well, yes. For one thing, it's poetry itself, which is one reason it stays so strongly in the mind, but it captures something truly important about the reason we need art in our lives, which is art is our way of not being only passive before what happens to us, not only the recipient. No matter what your circumstances are, you always have recourse to the imagination. There is always freedom. And, you know, that's one reason why in prisons, you find poems inscribed on the wall um, at the Angel Island holding station where people would come from China and be kept for months and months and months. What did they do? They wrote poems and they left them for us to see. And, you know, one of the greatest pressures that reality asks us human beings to reply to is the pressure of transience itself, of time and time's passage. And poetry, I think, is a particularly powerful way to navigate our relationship with time because it has to do with the heart's affections and because time is always taking what we love from us, who we are, what we love, what we think, what we do. All of it will eventually be undone, unraveled, taken away. But when placed in a poem, it lasts. It can be returned to. Poems take fleeting experience and make them available to us to come back to again. So they both answer the pressure and actually release us from it. Creativity is, it is like oxygen for a human being. It allows us to breathe in a world which gives us so often reason for despair. It gives us hope. And I'm thinking, too, I was at a book reading. Actually, it was your first reading of your new book, Come Thief, and it was just marvelous. It was great. I loved being there. And you said something very provocative, something about how poems, they're in the moment in some way. They're in this pristine moment where something is captured And you can't kind of go back to that. You can't hold it in the same way twice. There's something fresh about it. Oh, yes, yes. Now I know what I said. I was talking about how the reason 
a poem always needs to be reread is because it holds something that cannot be remembered except by enacting the full recipe again. Poems have experience in them which is so subtle and volatile that it evaporates. And yet, if you read the poems again, it is restored. And so they're a bit like souffles in that, you know, for the moment that you're reading them, while they have the full heat of the oven in them, they are fully themselves and aloft and magical and mysterious. And then you walk away from the poem, and you might remember a phrase which calls some of that perfume of complicated expression and feeling back. But really what you need to do is read the whole poem again, and then you have the experience. They're kind of unreplicable that way, and that's why you need a poem rather than simply a label or um, just the title. You actually need the full poem, even if then one phrase of it is what brings you back. So there's no real shorthand to it. Exactly. Poems are, they're interesting because they're both sound bites and they're the exact opposite of sound bites in that they're holding what they hold in the most concise, compressed, diamond-like fashion possible, but it has to be exactly that. I sometimes think the definition of a poem is its own words. You can't paraphrase them. Something right. gets terribly lost if you paraphrase a poem. It's a very exact recipe, the way a souffle is. Exactly, exactly. So let's hear one of your poems about time. Okay, um, this is a poem uh, which, as so many do, depends on the fact that Language is very multifaceted and does more than one thing at a time, as time itself does more than one thing at a time. The present. I wanted to give you something. No stone, clay, bracelet, no edible leaf could pass through. Even a molecule's fragrance by then too large. Giving had been taken, as you soon would be. Still, I offered the puffs of air shaped to meaning. They remained air. I offered memory on memory. But what is memory that dies with the fallible inks? I offered apology, sorrow, longing. I offered anger. How fine is the mesh of death? You can almost see through it. I stood on one side of the present. You stood on the other. Mm. When you have an inspiration for a poem, where does that come from? How do you write? It often comes to me from an actual... Something happens in my life that I don't know how to comprehend. How can you comprehend someone you love dying? You know, it's impossible. A poem allows me to turn my face towards it, to walk into it, to find, at least for the moment of that poem, some way to understand. I mean, the moment this poem talked about is just heartbreaking for me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know the person who you were with is not going to be there momentarily. They're almost gone, but they're there now. They are still alive. What do you do with something like that? If you're me, you write a poem. 
Mm-hmm. And in in that writing, you don't know what you're going to write until it kind of comes out of your fingertips. Is that right? I know it is different for everybody. There's no one way to write a poem ever. There are many, many ways. But for me, I write not to transcribe something already found or already known and just put a good expression on it. I write to discover something. I write to find what I don't know yet. And the poem is always a question being explored until it creates of itself its own answer. Um, I see, for me, no spirit except experiment and exploration in poetry. It's not like putting together a jigsaw puzzle of a painting that's already been made. It is finding a reality that I did not know, and yet something in me realizes I desperately need at that moment. So that just begs a question about questions. How do we know the questions we need to ask? We don't. That's the very point of a question, is you don't know it. It finds us. Um, So how do we notice Ah. How do we notice when it shows up? Mm. I think simply by being alert to our own inner experience and awake to it and awake to the experience of others. To live without a shell, to live without a hard, calloused skin or mind or heart, that very dwelling in unknowing is the place everything new comes into our lives. In my last book, After, there was a poem called Against Certainty. And, you know, I never want to be too sure of myself or too sure of what I know because life is always going to ask something different of us. Mm. So you're talking about really living in a way that's very porous to life. Yes, yes. For me, permeability is the pathway towards a deeper and more complicated truth. You know, anything we can state as an equation becomes kind of narrow. And who wants to live a narrow life? You know, we want to go off the road of the known. We want to wander in the mountains. And of course, that's risky. You know, you could get eaten by a bear. But ah, what you would know of bears. Ah, ah. (laughs) That reminds me of a recent talk that you presented for the L.A. Library, and it was with a scientist. Mm -hmm. So it was poets and scientists, and it was a wonderful talk. I recommend it to anyone if you look up, I think it's called Aloud. Yes, if you Googled Los Angeles Public Library Aloud, which is the name of the series, and my name, that will bring you right to a videotape of the whole thing. It was just wonderful. And the scientist was talking about, I think it was Galileo, who was saying, you know, all bodies drop at the same speed. Right. And they ignored, in like uh, he used the example of an iPod and a piece of paper, they do not drop at the same speed. Right, right. So physics is terribly useful for um, certain kinds of engineering problems and certain kinds of deep understanding of the world. I mean, we, we wouldn't want to live in a world without these forms of knowledge. But poetry honors the difference. It honors the particular the detail, the specific, the odd, the unusual, the anomalous. And that, of course, is what everything is. You know, probably if we could see with enough 
clarity and precision, not one electron is exactly the same as another. Everything is particular, and that is the ground on which we lead our lives. We need to have the tools of the simplifying truth, but when it's our grandchild, we want nothing simplified, nothing generic. Right, right, exactly. So let's have one more poem before we leave the cafe. All right. Well, this one is a very different mood indeed. Often in my work, I'm trying to agree to the fact that I and everything else are transient. And in this poem, no, I'm afraid I'm disagreeing with it um, in a rather flamboyant way. I ran out naked in the sun. I ran out naked in the sun. And who could blame me? Who could blame The day was warm. I ran out naked in the rain. And who could blame me? Who could blame the storm? I leaned toward sixty that day almost done. It thundered then. I wanted more. I shouted more. And who could blame me? Who could blame had been before? Could blame me that I wanted more? And I hope you are leaving our listeners wanting more because your poetry is just exquisite. Thank you so much, Jane, for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me here. I've been speaking with Jane Hirschfield, and she's the author of Come Thief. And if you'd like to be in touch with her, you can go to facebook.com forward slash Jane Hirschfield. And Hirschfield is spelled H-I-R-S-H-F-I-E-L-D. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms, and I want to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe and encourage you to please join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.